Welcome to Mental Health Film Comment. This is Brian here with you. The 2002 film Enough is a Hollywood dramatization of domestic violence. Uh, Jennifer Lopez in the um, main character in, in the film. Uh, joining us today to discuss many of the issues uh, raised in the film is Dr. Michelle Finneran with Vec and Associates, author of Surviving Domestic Abuse. Uh, Dr. Finneran, thank you for being here today. I, I appreciate it. Thank you, Brian. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I, I do want to mention a, a couple of resources up front. I know that there is a crisis text line available in the U.S. You can text HOME, H-O-M-E, to 741 741. In the UK, you can text SHOUT, S-H-O-U-T, to 85258. Depending upon where you are in the world, uh, check your local listings. Um, Dr. Finner, thank you so much for, for being here today. Thank you so appreciate much. It. I appreciate it, Brian. Um, now, I, I mentioned to you uh, b before we started recording, there is a um, greater sense of urgency with what you're, you're talking about. Uh, not that the other, other episodes are, are, are not urgent, but uh, more so this topic uh, due to uh, some not so, um, not so good um, stories that have come out. In the and so Correct. I felt it was uh, appropriate to, to, to bring attention to, um, to, to, to this topic. Absolutely. Um, what, um, if I guess, what, um, what, um, brain freeze right now, so I do have to apologize, one of the uh, pitfalls of uh, podcasting where, where, where there's no editing. So, mm -hmm. um, yeah, so what, what, what I uh, was, I, mean, I, don't know, I never know how to, how to phrase the, the question. So um, mm -hmm. what, what prompted your uh, journey into this, um, the, 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 this area and, and this topic, I guess would be the way of, of putting it. What, yeah. Yeah, and this is and this is kind of the, the, the this is kind of related to the movie enough. With that, I'm going to make some correlations with the movie yes. and the reason that how I got started in this particular field. Um, in 2005, I was working at a local jail, and I was working in custody inmate female unit, um, and I realized in this unit that I was. Um, interacting with female incarcerated women, that the, a lot of these women that were incarcerated were um, actual domestic violence victims. And so this, I, I found this to be a little shocking to me. And I was, as I was in working at the local um, jail, I um, was also doing my dissertation at the same time in my PhD program at NOVA. And I found it like, uh, kind of like shocking to me that the, the, these incarcerated women were actual victims of domestic violence and that they were incarcerated because of it for defending themselves or what have you. Um, so that's how really I started with the idea of writing the book and doing the dissertation on domestic violence survivors and how um, formal and informal supports are either effective or non-effective in 
uh, having those victims or survivors abolish that abusive dynamic. And so what we see in the movie enough is toward the end of the movie when Jennifer Lopez kind of like demises her perpetrator and the, the cop said, says to her, you're one of the lucky ones, that typically does not happen um, in real life. Um, in real life, Jennifer Lopez, the, the character of Jennifer Lopez would be arrested and incarcerated. Um, so um, I think uh, there's a piece in the, the book that I wrote that um, survivors describe that how domestic violence is portrayed in social media is not really how it is in life. So there is a little bit of a conflict. True, ab absolutely correct. And that's one of the reasons why the podcasts, uh, whether this one or other podcasts are, are so important to absolutely. Uh, bring voice to a lot of the accuracy and, um, and whatnot where it's not being seen and in this case depicted uh, elsewhere. You're absolutely right about that. Now there is a, now there's also an element of how COVID-19 and well not COVID-19 per se, but the, the, the lockdown and associated um, uh, lockdowns and, and uh, um, really getting tongue, tongue tied today, <laughs> with, uh, but, but, but that's fine, you know, definitely uh, work, work through this. Um, but there is that element of uh, COVID-19 uh, related restrictions and, and lockdowns and, and whatnot that, that plays a factor Absolutely. Is, is, that, it, is that correct? That's absolutely okay. right. Um, with 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 um, how people are in indoors now, and it really leaves um, victims a, a very little wiggle room to try to think about escaping or uh, separating from their perpetrator because of such being such close quarters. And since the pandemic, there's been a, a big spike in a couple areas in mental health. One is domestic abuse, two is substance abuse, and three is suicide. So those three spikes since the pandemic have been really skyrocketed. And because, you know, um, people and relationships are, are indoors now, there's not a whole lot of ability to connect because everyone is kind of in social isolation. Well, you had alluded to this um, just a moment ago with what, what, what prompted your interest in this, but many of the laws and legislation pertaining to domestic violence and self-defense um, and associated um, variables, they tend to be more on, and I could be mistaken on this, I'm, I'm not, not sure if I am, or, but um, they tend to be more on a state-by-state -state level rather yes. than on, on a federal level. You're absolutely um, right is, on that. Is, is that observation correct or is that's, it? Okay. That's absolutely right. What happens in, from, from like where I'm at in Florida, what happens in Florida definitely does, it happens in different, what happens in different states. So it's definitely a state by state legislation. It's not a federal um, universal thing. It's depending on the state. Um, so yes, it's different from each variation. Well, is it, um, and I, I hate to, to introduce the, the, the word um, politics, but 
is politics the reason why there's not a lot of federal um, legislation in, in this regard? Yeah, I, I, that's a good question. Um, I'm not really sure why there isn't a kind of a, uh, I, I think, you know, it, everything goes by state by state, how people are handling even the pandemic is state by state. So it's, yeah, I, I, it might be, it might be a, a, a reason why it's not um, per se for every, like all the way around for everyone universally. Uh, but every every state has their governor that makes these decisions, and it's not universal. Even what, even with even not just in domestic violence, but even in what we're seeing with pandemic regulations and um, restrictions. True. Uh, now, when I had uh, mentioned the the movie enough at the top of the um, at the top of the show, I had made mention of. Uh, Hollywood, you know, mainstream Hollywood um, depiction of, of, yes. of these issues. And I make that distinction because there, I've noticed that there tends to be uh, a distinct difference, not, not just with domestic um, violence issues, but with, you know, whether it's bipolar, whether it's schizophrenia, whether it's depression, there tends to be a, a greater uh, attention to the issue at hand when it's taken outside of the mainstream Hollywood studio system. Right. And when it's a independent film, when it's a uh, non-Hollywood uh, product, for lack of a better word, uh, mm -hmm. calling a movie product, <laughs> um, there tends to be, a, a, you know, the, the further you, you get away from Hollywood, then the more accurate the story gets to be. Right, I mean, it's, more, it's more grassroots. Exactly. So, do you do you find that to, to be true as well in your experience with, with Abs absolutely, media? Okay. Okay. absolutely? I think that uh, one of the one of the biggest problems in the media is not really telling accurate narratives of the of the survivor or the victim or or mental health in general. As being a mental health therapist myself, I see it all the time, and I. I see how mental health is depicted and it's really not how it's not cookie cutter. It's not uh, a one size fits all kind of standardized feel that you get when you watch a movie and you, you see that um, social, that mediaization of uh, mental health illness or domestic abuse. Yeah. Well, you had made mention of the, the, the line in the film where the, the, the cop tells her, oh, you're, you're one of the, the, the lucky ones and yes. whatnot. Is, is there something in, and I'm sure that the movie's probably got lots of examples <laughs> of many, but is there um, one such mischaracterization or um, dramatic license, I believe the you know unofficial term they would call it, um, that someone's watching the film and you, you can point to something and say, no, that's, that's not correct. Is there something that, whether it's in the film enough or whether it's something that might be depicted on uh, you know, a TV show or in a movie that someone may have seen and adopted as a belief about the subject that's not necessarily correct? Well, one of the things that happens in, in the movie enough is she starts taking, as, as a victim, she starts taking self-defense classes. 
and really works with the trainer to kind of defend herself against her perpetrator. And that, that typically is not realistic. That's not something that a victim usually takes self-defense classes against their perpetrator. And so, I mean, that's, that's something that is depicted in the movie that I, I feel doesn't really happen in real life. And, um, you know, but when a, a person, when a victim does self-defend, and it doesn't have to be um, a deathly situation when they do strike back or defend themselves, they get in legal trouble. Yes. And that, again, is not depicted in the movie at all. Um, so these things that are, are depicted in this specific movie um, talks about self-defense and talks about like protecting yourself as the victim. It's very hard for a victim to physically protect themselves against their perpetrator. What Not. about um, in terms of, of, of firearms? Are there, do you think that there's any views that people might have that are stereotypical in relation to the role of firearms in, in the conversation about self-defense? Yes, that's, you know, the, 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 in the interviews that I did amongst survivors, there was not weapons or things used in terms of self-defense at all. It was just more or less trying to deflect from getting abused. And they, a lot of times the, the victims would not use any type of deadly force like that, um, like a weapon. Um, so that is not, that's not atypical of how a victim would handle their perpetrator or domestic violence situation. Although it has happened, the, the, the research that I have done and, and the interviews that I have done with the survivors, uh, there was no use of retaliation with a firearm. So in other words, if someone w was acquiring um, such um, firearms, it would be more often than not someone who has already had an interest in that prior to the precipitating yes. event. Okay. Yes, it's usually it's usually the the perpetrator is is has a there's a there's a not a, I want to say a stereotypical kind of um, characteristic traits about perpetrators. And they're the ones that usually are the firearm owners. Um, so there is that is something that is typical of perpetrators having more access to firearms than an actual victim. Correct. Now, um, this episode, we are recording just, I believe it would be the um, few days after the Super Bowl. And mm -hmm. you will likely be hearing this a few days after the Super Bowl, because that's the way it worked out for this um, episode. And, and for um, and the reason I mentioned that is there is the the um, the view that incidences of abuse go up Super Bowl Sunday. Yes. Is is that correct or because I've, I've seen various I've seen some stories that say yes that's true and I've seen some that say depends upon what they're measuring and where where do where do you stand on that on the view? Yeah. I definitely, I definitely feel like there is a higher incident when there's a higher um, incidence of substance abuse, like engaging in alcoholic um, beverages or um, drug use um, surrounding an event like the Super Bowl. The likelihood, because of that rise, 
it's a tendency to lead into more uh, uh, increase in domestic violence situations because it's a it's a it's an event that is more or less um, people are drinking and when you drink you don't have your inhibitions and you're you tend to not really um, you know have have your wits about you or your sense about you. Um, one thing I, I, I definitely wanted to ask, and I, I feel negligent by, by not um, asking this, um, for those who might be listening, um, mm-hmm. who are in a situation, oh, I, I know what it was. Um, and again, I'd be very negligent in, in not asking you this. Um, there was a wasn't quite a meme like you know you see like memes circulating or whatnot but there was a um, a little factoid or whatever you want to call it about a like a texting number where if someone is in an unsafe situation they can enter a a number so the do you know what i'm do you know what i'm talking about yes yes there is and i think it's i want to say i might be wrong on this but the national coalition of domestic violence on their website i think has this um this service that instead of making a phone call where you could be heard by the perpetrator in closed quarters there, they instituted the ability for the victim to text um, when they are in danger. Now, I, I that is something that has happened per per pandemic. Um, but I, I want to say there is a resource that so the victim doesn't have to talk that they can just text when they are in danger. Okay, so th- that is correct then with what I yes. saw. That okay, cool, yes. cool. That's yes. what I thought. Um, now, um, what else have you seen, you know, whether good or bad in, you know, in, in COVID-19 era of, of, you know, life in America? We, I, I definitely feel, um, that, uh, there's a couple things that I'm noticing as, as a therapist working with clients that are really struggling. One of uh, many, many populations are really just struggling with the, the, because of their occupation, such as nurses are really at the grassroots and forefronts and teachers are also struggling with this big adjustment on how to teach in their their classrooms. Um, Teenagers are having a really hard time um, with this type of adjustment, trying to be as resilient as possible. It's hard to adjust to this level of storm and the severity of this storm. And people I feel like are really struggling. So what I do is I try to work with clientele that are obviously struggling and get them on some some sort of routine. I think structure, routine, um, healthy ways of living that are not maladaptive, um, getting out, moving your body, um, having a regime, a regime when it comes to eating, when it comes to sleep. I mean, people's sleep schedules are really off. Um, I think people are exerting less energy and the Zoom fatigue is really a thing, but they're feeling more and more just exhausted and depleted. So trying to like refine foods and 
ways to kind of refuel the system so they are able to like adequately function to the best of their ability with the the changes that have been going on. What um, what considerations or, or challenges have you faced when the abused is someone who has bipolar, for example, or has, has depression or another mental health um, situation where then they're abused and then that compounds what's going on? How how common has, has that scenario been? They're very they're very correlated because mental health mental health illness happen occurs in two ways one genetically it's a genetic component to mental illness and two a toxic environment your environment plays a big part of your mental health so they're very much related um, victims that have um, an abusive dynamic in their home or, you know co- 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 coordinate and collaborate also with dealing with mental mental health issues because of their environment is so abusive and so toxic and dysfunctional Good. Now, on that point, one thing I, I wanted to ask you about is uh, one of my uh, huge monumental pet peeve, and I'm not sure if it's a, a pet peeve of yours as well, but when there is unlawful behavior, whether mm-hmm. it's uh, racism, whether it's uh, you know what we're talking about today, and it's, it's attributed to mental illness, when in actuality, those with mental illness are statistically more likely to be the recipients of violent action as opposed to the uh, facilitators of those. Um, So that said, those who are doing the abusing, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily accurate that they themselves are, are mentally ill, is it? Um, the you, usually perpetrators that are doing the abusing have some sort of distorted or maladaptive personality character traits, and it, what I find a lot of times, the male perpetrators, uh, and I'm speaking strictly with, with in terms of male perpetrators, yeah. there is there is a personality disorder component that takes place, and that is also a part of mental illness. Personalities is an is a different access than just you know diagnosable mental illness. Mm-hmm. However, personality disorders like narcissistic personality or borderline personality sure. are much different, much more harder. They're harder to treat um, because they're behavioral, and you exactly. need a behavioral modification type of modality. And versus someone who has mental illness, an access one mental illness is usually can can decrease with medication management. Okay. Okay. That, that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Cool. Um, okay. And I got another brain freeze where, <laughs> again, the, 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 the pitfalls of uh, podcasting where, where you don't do editing and live without a net, um, which kind of makes for more interesting listening in a way, you yes, know, because you're listening and, 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 and you hear, hear the host of the podcast have a brain fired and you hear it in real time so, <laughs> oh, it's, it, makes, um, it makes the podcast more human like it does it yeah, does right it totally does um, yeah well um 
I, I did want to do a shout out for those who might be listening um, out, outside of the U.S. and um, which I guess would lead to um, my question of where do you think the in terms of like for, from a universal because this is obviously a universal um, topic yes. that where do you in terms of the um, like where do you see the U.S. in relation to you know Canada or Europe or different areas of the world in, in relation to how this is being addressed and how it's being that's um, that's good that's good that's really good to 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 understand those comparisons I don't I don't have the okay. answer to that because I don't know what uh, how other how other um, countries are handling this universal problem I you know. Um, and I don't know, even, even there's certain, I'm sure there are certain countries that have a higher rate of this, of domestic abuse than others. Mm. And I am not, I'm not familiar with those statistics research-wise. Okay, no, not a problem. Um, was there anything that, um, that I did not ask about that you think it's a, that people need to know about that, that I did not ask about that? I definitely, I definitely feel like people's mental health, particularly since the pandemic or is at the forefront there, it's at yes. the forefront and it's been, you know, it's been ongoing at the forefront. And I think really what we need to do is really debunk the stigmatization of seeking mental health services. I think that is really going to be important and really kind of like it's normalize it, you know, and it's sure. becoming more and more uh, apparent that we need to take care of our mental health. Because if you don't have good mental health, you really, you really don't have very much. You don't have sure. much of anything. You can't really sustain a job, your mental health and your physical health kind of go hand in hand, you know? So I really think like destigmatizing the act of receiving and reaching out for services and getting help for mental health, whether or not you're a victim or just maybe going through a tough time, needs to be debunked absolutely one hundred percent. Okay, true, a absolutely, and that's um, very true. Very true. Now, yes. Um, as we as we wind down, I did want to mention a, a few more resources um, for those okay. out there. I know that there is Mental Health America, MHANational.org. There's also NAMI, National Alliance on Mental Illness, NAMI.org. There's also MadInAmerica.com. Um, now, there's, and it's also your, your, your book as well, uh, Surviving mm -hmm. Domestic Abuse. Um, yes. How would, would people find out more about, uh, about, about the book and, and the work you're doing? So um, I, have a, I have a website um, uh, under www. Um, drmichellefinneran.com is my website. The book is found can be found on Amazon if you plug in either my first first and last name or surviving domestic abuse, you should pop up. And the publisher of the of the act it's an academic book. So the publisher of this academic book it's through Rutledge Taylor and Francis. So it, there it's also you can also find it on their website when you plug in the name or my name. Well, good deal. Good deal. Well, yes. thank you. Thank you so much for being here today. I, I appreciate it. Thank you so much, Brian, for having me. I yeah. really appreciate it. you're doing a wonderful job, uh, like bringing awareness to these these very important issues that are becoming more and more prevalent. Yeah, thank you. I, I, I appreciate that. 
Um, thank you, those, those of you at home or on your way to work or wherever you may be. Uh, <laughs> stay safe, everyone. And uh, talk with you next time. Uh, bye.